Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 378. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee is with me, and shall we just get into it? <laughs> Happy birthday oh, to you. Yes, indeed. Happy birthday <laughs> to <laughs> you. Happy birthday, Cold Coffee. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> like the episode of this show, I am 378 <laughs> years old. Uh, tomorrow, by the time we're taping this, but by the time a lot of you are listening to this, today. Congratulations, sir. I made and, it. And because it. of that, because of that, we have broken it out. Of course, you have been doing very good in training camp, and you have cut down on the beverage consumption level. And if I'm not hanging out with you, I haven't really been drinking. Well, there you go. A wise man. Uh, but we look, it's your birthday, Eve. Eve? It's basically your birthday. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to be yeah. around tomorrow since we're hanging out today. We figure, why not crack open a couple of frosty beverages? I grabbed a couple of award-winning Pabst Blue Ribbons out of the fridge. As I you thought, should. you know, let's just have a couple of these bad boys to get the, the birthday celebration going. <laughs> to get it started. And then what does Cold Coffee say? He's like, well, let me check into the old uh, cabinet there and see what we got. And found a little bit of the legendary Duke still uh, hanging around. This is so good. Founders this is, Reserve Founders Reposado Reserve Tequila. Tequila. This is the one that we, we all lost our minds over because by the end of that night, we got pretty tipsy, but we didn't yes. feel it. But then like later on, it was very evident that uh, – this shit messed you up, and it is so <laughs> smooth. I was actually a little surprised. I, I thought we, I thought we finished it off one of these days, but I'm. It's this is a nice surprise. Yeah, um, it's a birthday I, surprise. I've said many times, I, I love me some tequila. Tequila gets, <laughs> tequila gets me in trouble, but I love tequila. The tequila buzz is so good, and this one is really, really good. Just to let the residents of Las Vegas know that they can be safe tonight. Cold <laughs> coffee has promised not to way. leave the house. He says, "Listen, I'm gonna get a little tipsy tonight. <laughs> There's no question about it, but I'm staying home, even though I'm celebrating my birthday. <laughs> there will be no talks of Ukraine." <laughs> There won't be no political. Nobody's no political fights. Nobody's happening. getting knocked out by Kimbo Slice well, tonight. I, <laughs> so ridiculous! I tell you, I would feel a lot better in a fight now after even just two weeks of running my ass around, yeah. as opposed to I would uh, back then. But not that I advocate anything. But never. <laughs> More prepared now, but now that the weapons are even more deadly, <laughs> now you've really got to keep control over them. Slice two point <laughs> Oh, we're listening. Well, thank you very much. I'm I'm glad we're. It, it just happened to work Cheers. out. Cheers. Cheers. That uh, this fell on Wednesday because yeah, I mean like, I didn't. I wasn't honestly planning on doing anything, but this does give me a nice excuse to imbibe a few. Uh, Frosty beverages, and even now, even more so that we're breaking out and getting to finish this breaking little bottle out of tequila. the Dukes. Welcome to the party, <laughs> folks. Yeah, so. Well, listen, uh, yeah. glad we could celebrate a little bit. Uh, I, uh, shoot, man, I almost didn't get to do this episode with you. I almost didn't make it back. I was uh, yeah, in Belgium that? over the weekend, had a great time. I will say it's funny. I uh, When I was heading out, man, I'm not one of those, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not like a poetic guy or whatever. Like, but it, no. I don't even know how you would say really? this exactly. I, I know. Mean, I'm a I, I, mean, I look at you and I'm like, I, he, he, he looks quite poetic. I'm a little rough around the edges, <laughs> I know. But listen, what what had happened was uh, I looked out and I grabbed my passport. And I had to renew my oh, passport no. in 2020 um, 
I think it was actually to go to Fight Island. I think in the very beginning of the pandemic, I had to renew my passport. So, you know, if you look at my passport from the previous 10 years that I used from 2010 to 2020, oh, yeah. it's got 52 pages of completely full stamps. You know, there's a did visa. Did you have to add? You, so I had, to, I had you the 26, had and yeah, I had to yeah, add yeah, the 26 yeah. pages to it. It's got a visa to Brazil, a visa to China, a visa to Russia, stamps from everywhere around yeah. the world. It's beat up. It's all, I mean, it's war. It's, it, it is the passport of a traveling man, right? Yes, indeed. This is somebody that's seen the world. Man, I picked that, that passport up that I renewed in 2020 to, to, to go to Fight Island so that I could head out to Belgium. Yeah. And it's just stiff yeah. and shiny and, yep. and had, doesn't that because they didn't even stamp it when we went to Fight Island. So it just yeah. looks like I've never got it. Just, it, was this, it was this stark reminder of how different the yeah. last two years have been versus the previous 10 that I had this like – it was like, hello, I'm traveling for the first hey, time. Hey, new guy. Can, does, do you like to fly? Which way to, which line do I go to? I don't know where to go. <laughs> that is something about the passport. I messed up uh, when I re- had to reorder my passport like a year, a couple years. Uh, I didn't realize of the difference that you have to specify the pages like when you first order. Mm-hmm. And that was my rookie move is that I didn't double check the pages. So when it came, it was like extra thin. I was like, oh, this Uh-oh. isn't going to work. But then the world shut down. I was like, oh, okay, it's absolutely good. fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but I still had to carry the extra one. Uh, well, I, I still have a valid Brazil visa because it was like a 10-year visa yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So like, I still have the other one. Mine's done. Um, but yeah, when I look at the new one now, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm going to have to add pages. That, well, at least that would be a nice thing. But now that we're not traveling as much, I'm like, Maybe not. Kind of weird, right? I life know. is it was just like, it just uh, this stark reminder of how different life is. So listen, I had a great time. Uh, shout out to the folks at MMA Bushido and uh, Gokan Yatsili was the one that uh, the friend of mine that had me out there as a guest, and I was hanging out in Belgium for the first time. Uh, man, I had a phenomenal time out there. Frosty beverages in Belgium are on a different level, man. I can't even tell you how many different beers I had, and every one of them was incredible, man. I mean, just like everything they do, it is cracked up to, man. So if you're a, if you're a frosty beverage fan. Yeah. Find your way to Belgium at some point. I had a, a phenomenal time. Uh, so you co- and you, you and Yuri both living the Bushido lifestyle, then? I'm, huh? I'm living that Bushido <laughs> lifestyle. I'm not cutting my hair though. Uh, <laughs> no, man. We uh, cigars along the way. I know, that, that was uh, a pretty uh, cool picture. That I like that little. It looked like it was just like a little. Was that just like an outdoor? Plaza yeah. or like a restaurant. It was just an out. It was a bar. So the the beer that oh, was the, the outdoor patio. The, the, the beverage sponsor, the official beer sponsor. They actually had that. You know, I guess they brewed it there, and that was their their their. Wow. Oh, dude! But it was on the corner. This really busy little corner in town. I mean, it was popping, and uh, yeah, they put together a little VIP table for us right on the corner, and, and brought That's some dope. cigars out there. And oh uh, man, I mean, just uh, you know, to hit the ground like that. Like I was twelve hours in, and I'm like. <laughs> Cigar in hand, several beers deep, yep. sitting at the VIP table. I'm like, that's a restart. This you, is you just, all you just restarted right. your night right there. This is all right. Now, that's cool. I will say this. Then we got to the hotel, and as is typical of a lot of places in uh, Europe, it didn't have air conditioning, right? So, oh, yeah. they were in the middle of a bit of a heat wave. So, uh, I will say it was a little bit difficult to sleep at night. I am a spoiled American that is used yeah. to having my air conditioned down to like 68 degrees at night, my box fan blowing to give me some loud sound. And uh, I would say that helps a lot too just yeah. the white noise mm-hmm. but were you able to open the window to have like yeah, a yeah the windows open got a little breeze through there yeah, that's it good. was nice it ended up being okay and it cooled off as we were there then it was time to go home <laughs> then 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 that's where the adventures began and uh so it was funny so when i got there you know we were, we were kind of talking about the weekend and what the schedule was and everything and and, and uh gokhan and the rest of his team they're like kind of like hey just to give you a little heads up we'll keep you posted on anything we're here 
but we're hearing there might be a little bit of a strike at the airport on oh. Monday. So we're not sure what the flight situation is going to look like. It was a Sunday night show. By the way, the show was cool, man. VIP tables only, like white tablecloth. I mean, VIP service, open bar. Oh, yeah. Did you wear pants? No, 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 no. That dress, that dress code applies to the paying customer, sir. I, I am an invited guest. I will wear my shorts in here. Uh, I did. It, I, I stayed in the back a little bit, so I stayed out of the way. But everybody had a good time. But then it was time to leave. Show was fun. Then it was time to leave. Uh, so we'd heard about this going in. About so late Sunday night. So basically, my flight was scheduled to leave. I think around like seven in the morning. So we got back to to the hotel around like one. Then we're having a couple of frosty beverages afterwards. As like, you do. As you do. And I was like, I'll probably just kind of stay up, man. If we're leaving at 7, i got to fly home. I'll just do it a little all-nighter. And I got a text. United Airlines would like to inform you that your flight uh, has been canceled. But we've rebooked you. We've rebooked you. You were supposed to go to Chicago. We've rebooked you for three hours later. You're going to Washington, D.C. instead. And I was like, all right, three hours later, like, well, maybe I'll just get a little bit of sleep, actually. Like, yeah. no big deal. You know, I was like, I'll get a little bit of sleep. And about an hour after that, get another text. Uh, United Airlines regrets to inform you that uh, your flight to uh, you know Washington D.C. has been scheduled, and there's no like, and we put you on something else. So I was yeah. like, all right. So now I had to get out the computer. I realized that was the last flight out for them. So I'm like, well, there's nothing they could put me on. So preemptively, I'm like, all right. Well, let me uh, let me book a flight on American Airlines. I got you know United is canceled. Let me see if I can get something on American because maybe it's just limited to them. You know. Right. And uh, booked a flight on American. And American let me buy the ticket, but it never issued the ticket. And it was because that first leg got canceled. So it was supposed to be Brussels to London, London to – I can't even remember because I didn't even care. Oh, London to Phoenix and then Phoenix to Vegas. Um, but it never even issued me that ticket because their flights were canceled. Well, basically, I went, oh, to the Brussels air- went to the Brussels airport website to see if I could see like what flights were going to be available, and up came a message that said, like, unfortunately, due to a, a labor strike, every flight So it wasn't canceled. the airlines. It was more like maybe, say, like a ground crew they that affected all of the security different ones? personnel. Oh. So security personnel's on like strike. No flights whatsoever. Version of a TSA or something. Probably. So they even said, "Don't, don't bother coming to the airport." So at that point, I was like, "All right, well, listen, what are we gonna do here? I gotta figure out what's up." And everybody was just like, "Hey, man, you know what? That just means we'll get to hang out tomorrow, man. We'll just have some more beers tomorrow. We'll go find some places to eat." And I was like, "Nah, man, I'm not feeling good about that. Like, yeah. I, I'm having a good time hanging out here, but how do I know that this strike doesn't go to Tuesday or to Wednesday or to Thursday?" So I was well, like, "Speaking of, is the strike still going on?" I don't know. I didn't follow that up because yeah. so, so so check this out. So I was like, you know what? Uh, let me, uh, let, let me, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try to take a train to, uh, to Heathrow and there's so many more flights out of Heathrow than there are. I was like, I don't care where I go in the United States. So I went to Heathrow. This was awesome. One of the referees there actually worked for Eurostar as well. So he was able to hook up like a discounted price. So I was like, dope. All right. All right. Cool. So took no sleep, took a flight to Heathrow or took a train to Heathrow overnight, got to Heathrow, went to the airport, walked in and I was just like, Hi. Can you please get me home to Las Vegas? Like, I don't care what the flight path is. I don't care what connections you are. I don't care where you got to put me. Just can you get me home to Las Vegas? And they looked, and they were like, guy, I'm sorry. Everything's booked. Like, you're just stuck here. Like, no, we can't. So I was like, <sighs> upset. Um, but I, immediately I was like, all right, well, let me see what I can book for tomorrow. Um, and I booked a flight to uh, – and I booked a flight for the next day. And I don't know if I'm so- – Supposed to publicly share this travel hack. I don't know. Uh-oh. I don't know if I should say this God, or not. God. Check this out. And, and and I want somebody that is in the industry that can explain this to me. Because I imagine there's some logic behind it. And I get that it's probably like 
you know, I don't know. I'm sure there's some logic, and I want to hear what it is. A one-way flight from London to Las Vegas was $2,400. However, if I booked a round-trip flight with the same segment, but a return flight a week later, $1,300. How does that make any sense at all? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's almost twice the price to go one way when I got it. Anyway, so you know what I did. I feel I did. like it's always sort of done that where for some reason – the one way has always seemed like it's been more expensive. I don't understand that. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You figure I'm, it would just need, be half. I need half the flight. I need half the flight. I need half the flight. <laughs> Charge me half the price. I don't get that. I would like somebody to explain this to me. So anyway, so I'm stuck in Heathrow for a day. I'm a little bit tired because I haven't really been asleep yet, but I also don't want to just go sit in my hotel room. So I just tweeted out, uh, hey, is anybody hanging out? Like, Does anybody want to, in Hounslow want to grab a beer? Unfortunate because Abby Subban – Long-time uh, MMA junkie videographer. Saban? Saban? He actually lives in Hounslow, uh, which is out there by the airport, by Heathrow. But he was still traveling back from the Philippines, so oh, I missed him by a day. That's crazy. But, lo and behold, shout-out to my man Barry, who hit me up on, on, on DM and was like, dude. Barry? He's like, I'm around. Do you want to go get some beers? And I was like, let's go. Let's go. And, uh, I'm going to say did this. Did you just say it like that, or did you say, let's fucking go? I, I think I just said, let's go. I think uh, I said, let's go. I you're know. You're probably tired. I was, I was a little tired at that time. <laughs> I know. That's kind of more of my signature, but I, I think I just said, let's go. Shout out to Barry. Barry went hard in the paint, dude. Like, Barry went beer for beer with me uh, for about five or six hours and to the point that I was the one tapping out. He was Whoa. like, bro. He was like, bro, let's have like, – he's like, bro, we got to have one more. And I'm like, dog. I got to go to sleep, man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm hurting right now. English can drink. Dog. Barry went beer for beer with me all That's after. Awesome. And, and, and not moderately. I mean, we was putting down, too. So uh, <laughs> shout out to Barry. We had a good time. We just sat there and talked to him. At one point, That's we, awesome. At one point, we called you. Yeah. Because uh, he I was, was like, so surprised when you were like, I saw I missed a video call. I was like, oh, he must have butt dialed me. Yeah, I was yeah. like, why the fuck is Morgan going to video call me? And I knew you knew what time it was. I was like. It was you like, know, it was like 7.45 plus, in the morning. It was like morning. 7 something in the morning, yeah. So I didn't get it till like it was like we had finished class or something. I was like, yeah. oh, he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were right. You were, right. <laughs> you, were, you were right about that. But Barry, Barry was like, man, I, I, he's like, I've never seen cold coffee. I was like, well, I'll just call him right now. We can video call him. You can see what he looks like. I was like, I think he's working out right now. That's so but he'll funny. be finishing up his workout. So we did that. At one point. Uh, we called his buddy who couldn't make it. Uh, just I think his buddy. Had, I think if I remember right, and again I'm not sure. I might have not have all the details right. I think his buddy had just tested positive for COVID, so uh, he so he was quarantining and couldn't make it out. And I was like, well, let's just call him and talk to him real quick, and like just like awesome. he was here. So, dude, you might have got lucky. It's funny. I just tried to do a search to see if Belgium uh, if it figured out or whatever. The one that you had wasn't even this other one that I'm reading about. There was a planned s- strike for the 22nd. Through like the twenty fifth or twenty third through the twenty fifth. Oh Jesus! So you hit a whole other strike, but the, like Brussels airline or something, whatever Brussels, whatever had another strike that was planned. So what you got was like another. Oh one my God! And then well. I, and then Boy, and that's then tough. and then I heard as well that uh, there's been a, a rail strike in in England? in England. Yeah, dude, I found like the little pocket of time to get out of town. That's the that's the. Like stuff like that, even outside of well, granted the the U.S. is restrict or has eased some restrictions, but that sort of stuff. That's the side of traveling that is not fun. That's mm-hmm. the side of traveling that 
if you don't have the means to be stuck in some place and say if you have obligations, say if you, you, you know, already were pushing a trip and you're like, well, should I make the trip five days? Oh, let's go seven days. I think we have a little bit extra buffer. That's the kind of shit that breaks you on those big international trips. If something goes wrong and it's tough to get back, like it throws everything off, you know. So luckily you had a a strong partner back here in the States to take care of things. But still, man, that's that's my fear of doing. I mean, I love if you have time and vacation, obviously you need to leave the country. You need to go see other countries. But that's the downside. That's the that's the other part that you never think about. Every once get to the vacation destination. But you never think about like you just assume, well, if I make it there, I'll be able to get home. But then there's cases like man, this where it's like, can't? what if you can't? What if you can't, man? It was it was a little bit stressful, and I was bummed because I missed uh, one day at my kids' soccer camp, which is this week, which I like I like going and just ha- kind of hanging out with them and just supporting them and like talking to them between the sessions and yeah. stuff like that. I don't think Barry. You say you got stuck in London. I don't think Barry would. Sh- you know that second day, third day rolls around, he might like <laughs> Barry's like, bro, we've had enough. Yeah, bro, I-, I bought you enough beers. <laughs> <laughs> we had enough, man. Get out of my country. I I, I appreciate him looking out. That is so, pretty cool. Made it back in time. Made it back uh, late last night. Had dinner with the wife. Got some sleep. Woke up today. UFC on ESPN 38. Sarukin versus Gamrot. The fight gonna... card you've all been waiting well, for. Well, listen. I'm going to say, man, for a hardcore perspective, I love I, – Yeah. I, to be honest with you, I love this fight card. I mean, that's card. what it is. This is a hardcore card because, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but when you look down the list that you're like, uh, why am I watching this? Why am I watching this? But it isn't a hardcore card because, I mean, there's – there's awesome fighters on here, but no casual person will recognize anybody on this card well, outside of maybe like a Neil Magny. I think you're right about you that. Know, I think uh, you're right about that. I mean, Kelleher, Jinyu Frey, you know, I mean, like, it, this is a, this is a tough card if for a casual. casual. If you're a hardcore, though, you love it. And yeah. I think it's, you're especially excited about Armin Sarukin versus Mateusz Gamrat, the main event. This main event is sick. This main event is uh, not to be missed. This main event is uh, going to be a big one in terms of these guys. I I mean, I think both these guys are going to be around for a while in in the lightweight division, but one of them is going to take a major step forward. Um, Both of them primarily grapplers first, so I know that that may not be the most exciting for for some people, but, you know, I I love grappling. I love (laughs) high-level grappling. These two guys bring it. I had a person that told me today that, like, when I told him I was at media day, we're like, I just – Two guys like getting in like sixty nine position, you know. I it just and they're bloody and they're sweaty and they're blue. I was like, well, you know, that's typically a transition period where they move or whatever. I was like, but that's what you're getting stuck on. Who is this is person? I don't. I mean, wanna, don't I'm, not gonna throw, name, I'm not going to throw them is, under the bus. This is, this is not this somebody is, no, in the industry. Is, this right? is a person that like no 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 no. That's a person that likes boxing, but she, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, I was trying to be all like non gendered She's very hot and has great big tits, uh, but she's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, we started talking about this, and I was just like, ah, "No, don't be one of these people that's like, oh, boxing is the best, but MMA is just weird because people get on the ground and they're just two guys rolling around." It's sad, but that's still a reality that it people is do think rea- that. Way. I was really, th- I was kind of thrown off, and I, I felt like I, I was like, "Well, I must get into educate and defend mode," and I was like. What's Why? Yeah. Why? Well, this like whatever. This to me, I mean, look, maybe you're right. I mean, maybe like, the casuals won't see it, but I love this. I and love they're uber this high fight. level. They're uber high level at that point, and both of them have hands as well. I mean, you're right. I mean, this is like this is like, and when you look at the records alone, even if you just said like, hey, there's going to be a 20 and one guy fighting a 17 and two guy. They're currently ready to break into the top 10 of the UFC rankings. And that should stuff. be enough, right there. That should be enough to where you're like. 
okay, my interest is peaked. And then once you start, re- you know, finding out the difference of the two, and then you start seeing that there's a little international flavor to both fighter, and you're like, okay, cool. Like, this is new breed of the the, the international studs that are coming in and are on the, the, the precipice. So these are the guys that are going to take over Absolutely. the division at some point. You know, same like with, like, the Makachevs, and everybody's already kind of already – ingrained with the the Nurmagomedovs, you know, these are the cats coming from overseas or whatever that are are breaking breaking the doors down, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, so, yeah, in that sense, I mean, that's really cool. But what's cool about these two – is these guys got hands? This is not this is not two jujitsu guys that are just like, oh well, man, I, I can't wait to see how the jujitsu goes. I mean, these are two guys that you know will literally thump people ground and pound, but also have good hands standing up as well. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's going to be very very cool. They just don't have the even if you don't, it, may, it might be one of those ones where you know, say if a casual is like, I'm not sure about the names, I don't recognize the name. You might even recognize the face because these guys have been around. I mean, yep. they've they've done some time. Um, it is just a very, it's just very cool. I mean, it's just, it's one of those ones that it's for the first time in a while. This is one of those ones where I guarantee you, if you pulled 10 people on the streets, this is the fight, the UFC fight that's happening. You're going to get a lot of blank looks. I agree. You know, but this, see, this is the one right here. This is the one that the hardcores are like, I mean, just rubbing their hands together. Mm. Like, oh, I can't wait. And that's the way I am, man. I just, I love this fight. I, I do. I will say this. I do favor Sarukin in it. I mean, I've been incredibly high on Sarukin during his run-up. Yeah. Uh, shout out to both guys for uh, doing their media day in English today and, yeah. and embracing that, and man, even trying to have a little pick. bit of swagger. Are you going with Gamrot? I did, but man, Gamrot's dangerous too. Everybody, but. everybody, like most people in the staff picks that I've sort of just sort of skimmed. I try not looked at that the staff picks because uh, I don't out. want it to, you know, what's the word? Uh, I don't want it to influence my decision when I put my pick. But everybody, I think, is picking Sarukian for the most part. And then part of me is like, well, I as a staff, I don't want somebody to log into our site and just be like, oh, they're obviously going. I feel like somebody's got to do the other. But I don't feel so bad about that this pick. But, man, when Sarukian's up there, I was like, man, he's thick. You know, for his size, he, he he's a, a little bigger body. But I was mm-hmm. like, and he's got great hair. Because Matt Erickson always wants us to give some bullshit reason when we make a pick. I was like, that could be my end. I could just like, hey, I want to pick phenomenal my phenomenal hair. He's got phenomenal hair. Snappy dresser. Snappy dresser. I'm like, is that enough to to switch my pick? But then there were some. He's so. You have to be in this in this in this game. He's he's very his belief in himself is very strong. Yeah. yeah. Almost the way to the point where he's just looking over Gamrat like like he's not even there. I'm like, that's silly. So part of me is like. Oh man, is he just talking a good game? Is he overconfident? So now I'm like, maybe don't just don't. Let, I'm trying to fight my gut instinct of switching because I'm like, once I saw and was paying more attention, I'm like God, Sarukian is a beast, man. But I'm like, maybe I stick with it. I have a two, I have a two uh, pick lead right now. Nice, you know. So I'm like, uh, but now I'm like, you know, you know how how fighters do. You don't want to just, you know fight to win you know you want to i mean you don't want to fight to not lose that's right you, you gotta know? Fight to win man. you gotta fight to win you know so i don't want to just pick to not lose i, I know how fighters know? like you do <laughs> i uh I, I know uh fighters don't do the duke on on a, <laughs> on a weekday <laughs> on a random go wednesday afternoon they gotta go train tomorrow they don't they don't do that so uh, uh, i clearly have removed myself from the fighter pool <laughs> 
big, big main event. Big, big, look, big, big hardcore co-main event too, dude. Shavkat Rachmanov against Neil Magny. Shavkat is a guy that, again, um, another one of these new era dudes, undefeated, finishes every fight. Um, looks every bit the real deal of the next generation. And then you got Neil Magny, who just, like, doesn't care at all. Neil Magny will fight anybody, which I respect a lot. And and and, and Neil Magny today, I like it, man. He's kind of embracing this new chapter in his career, right? He's saying, like, I love Neil Magny. I mean, God, I always love Neil Magny. I mean, just, like, <laughs> literally just, hey, man. Everything about him. I'll take whatever fight you need, whatever. But, you know, he was mentioning the word marketing today more and understanding, like, yep. okay, he's in this stage of his career now where he still has title aspirations. And he realizes, look, just – Fighting anybody, anywhere, anytime isn't going to be enough. Even if I rack up the wins, I got to make myself a little bit more marketable as well. And so, you know, he, he kind of said, I'm not going to be outside of myself. You know, I'm not going to do something that's not me and not my true character. But I understand I got to push myself a little bit more. And uh, and that's what I got to do. And, and I think, you know, I come in here and beat this, um, you know, this boogeyman that nobody wants to fight. And, you know, I'm willing to fight down in the rankings when nobody else is. Everybody else is waiting for the perfect fight. And I'm saying, give me whoever. That'll be a big feather in my cap. Which is kind of back and it's kind of like counterintuitive to the guy that's like, I'm trying to make a title run. I was really, uh, not that I was surprised, but I was a little surprised when some of the stuff he was saying, and that's why I finally, you know, I love being able to sit back and not do a damn thing when you're at Media Days. But I wanted <laughs> to reach out. Once he started saying, like, how he was just rushing to get fights and want to get in there, I'm like, man, you sound like you, you have a deadline or you just sound like. Somebody just wants fight because they want the money. They got they're they're trying to feed the family, which we you know found he has a, another newborn, um, but not a person that's like, hey, I'm trying to make another title run. You you figured there would be something more. You you you're more judicious when you pick those fights. Right. You don't just take anything. He's like, nah, we going. But he's like, we're just gonna fight, you know. Um, but I I think he's doing the right things, you know, of doing the uh, you know, trying to market himself. You know, maybe he'll start doing a little more shit talking or something. But um. I mean, I can't. I love his fight style. I, I just, I love his. I, I love everything about him. I love his career. That you know, he has a military background. I mean, I love everything that he's done. Um, he's funny. Um, but man, I mean, if you're trying to make a run at the title, you figure at some point you gotta, you gotta stop your other side of yourself. That's just like, I want to fight. I want to fight. I want to do it. Unless you just call what it is and just say, I want to make money. That's cool because if you're trying to make a title run. Bro, you only get so many of those before True. at some point you restart the whole queue over. If you're young enough and you have enough physicality, yeah, you could go back through that again, you know. Just like we, we talk about Glover, you know, after that. And it's like, okay, well, how far back does he fall? If he had to start back and say to a point where they're like, okay, bro, well, it might take another three or four fights to get up there. Do you go for it? Mm -hmm. Or do you say, well, I don't know, you we'll know. Just call it. So all these, I mean, one, I do love the guys that that still have that drive and say I'm going for it because we we see plenty of them. They just want to keep fighting, like Cowboy, who we love to see Cowboy fighting. Cowboy isn't going out there saying, "Hey, I'm trying to make another title run." Right. He's like, Joe Lozon's like, "I'm fights. not trying to go out there and make another title run." You know, when Sanchez was fighting, oh, I'm not trying to go out there and you know, not that it's being delusional. I mean, I think you have to have the belief. And you have to do that. And Neil has shown greatness in a lot of fights, but we've also seen where he's got to those big fights and he's faltered. And I guess I'm glad that he's got the belief and he's trying to do it. But man, there's a part of me that's like, is that realistic? I mean, are you, is it maybe just better to just 
start swinging the other way, you know, and just saying, bro, I'll just take anybody. I'm ready to fucking, I'm ready to destroy anybody. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And you get to fight, and you can still talk shit and have fun, you know. I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, at some point, is it more realistic for them to maybe not set themselves up for something later on where they feel like, why aren't I getting the push for the title? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, well, bro, everybody else is going to realize that you're not going to get past the hump once you get to that hump, you know? And he already started saying, you know, today when he was like, uh, I don't mind that some people say that I'm the gatekeeper. We've been saying that for, well, not we personally, but people have been saying that for years yeah. with him that Neil's been that, that, again, that, that watermark. Respectful version of A respectful version. I mean, like, at this level, one, people make it to the UFC, like everybody says, everybody in the UFC is tough. Everybody's a tough fight. But if somebody starts saying that you're the gatekeeper, I would say your first instinct shouldn't be like, oh, that they're immediately saying that, oh, I can't make it to the title. What they're saying to you is that you're the bar. Yeah. They're looking you as like where people are going to measure themselves against. They don't get past There's you. There's nothing they can't wrong be that. Elite. If they can't get past you, they're not even in the conversation. Yep. And that's not saying that you can't get there and you can't get back up there, but they're at least saying you are you're the watering level. You're the level where everybody's like, bro, if you can't make it past this fellow stop delusion you know right. don't be delusional you yep. know so there's something to that but regardless i love neil and i thought his energy was incredible i had to go back and look because i was like is his hair new his hair was like that last time last time out, yeah. i felt like his hair was a little like the rest of us old folks was receding a little uh, bit more but then when he said everybody had the newborn kid i was like ah, i get it i get it bro i get it that's funny you know, uh, man, uh, but yeah, I can't say enough about him. I could talk about him forever. He's always been, he's another one, another cat that even from my time in the UFC and my time outside the UFC has treated with me uh, with the same respect and just like, most of them are cutting weight. They don't want to do interviews. They don't do whatever. But if there's ever a cat that, that shows up and does it with a smile and gets through it and gives you like good answers and doesn't give you attitude. It's Neil Magny, man. He's he's All a, a professional. He's a All classic class. professional. All class. That's it. That's Meanwhile, it. he's got the undefeated monster on the other side. So your top two fights here are the ones that you're really going to care about. I would say, look, there's a lot of MMA this weekend. We're going to talk about some of it because there's 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 Bellator, so there's PFL, there's Bare Knuckle, there's all kinds <laughs> of stuff so going much. on. But the UFC, those are the two fights you can't miss. you got to circle those on your calendar. you got to see those. Josh Parisian versus Alan Badeau at heavyweight. Uh, Badeau is trying to get himself onto that Paris card in September, so it's a big fight for him. Meanwhile, Parisian really open and honest about how stressful his run has been so far, and he's kind of found a way now to make money outside of the UFC and so that now this is his side gig that's more fun. He believes that stress is going to, the removal of that stress is going to allow him to perform a little bit. Definitely worth checking out if you, if you want to hear his side of it. That's uh, that's out there from today's media day. Tiago Moises versus Christos Giagos. A couple guys that have some losses but if you look at their losses to really, really talented guys, man. So that should be a good lightweight scrap. Nate Manis versus Umar Nurmagomedov. Umar looks every bit the real deal as well. Um, the betting line is insane, man. I mean, you're seeing up there it's like minus 1,000 uh, against Nate Manis, who's got an impressive career record as well. But it just goes to show you, I think, the belief in that Nurmagomedov name. Um, and then, uh, it, it, I mean, I, but I think that could be a fun fight. I mean, I would pick Nurmagomedov as well, but uh, the line is a little bit uh, wild to see. 
And then the main card kicks off with Hidolfo Vieira versus Chris Curtis. Hidolfo Vieira, the uh, the you know the lifelong BJJ uh, champion, and, and now making his way into MMA. Who uh, it was funny because I thought looked really relaxed at Media Day for the first time. He was like, "No, I'm nervous as hell." He's like, "I hate giving interviews in Portuguese, much less in English." He was like, "I'm yeah. super nervous," but that's pretty cool. He though. looked relaxed. It was funny, but yeah. then yeah, there he was still Chris. looked relaxed. It was, yeah, it was like you're saying you're what? But I was like. like Bro, you look cool as ice up there. Well, you're faking it really well. <laughs> but then there was Chris Curtis, who – Chris Curtis, uh, I, I just think this guy is an absolute blast. And I feel like the more and more he gets comfortable and open and honest, uh, yeah. the more you really see this guy's personality and how funny he is. So such a fun interview today. Had to share this. Uh, this is the action, man, Chris Curtis. Chris, you got the, the, the seven-fight win streak, I believe, 2-0 in the USC. I mean, what's, what's, uh, man, what's it feel like for you right now after all this time to be on this run that you're in right now? I guess I should pick up the mic, shouldn't I? Yeah, it feels great besides the fact that, like, yeah, we're going to punish you by giving you the, the, same, the next biggest guy in the division. Like, I get uh, Phil Halls, who's already, like, giant. And I'm like, oh, he's an even slightly bigger man. I'm like, thanks, guys. Like, there's – could have been way smaller people for me to fight. So, thanks, guys. That's funny. How do you – like, how do you see your career right now? Like, do you fight with a chip on your shoulder thing? Like, why the hell did I have to wait so long to get here? Or are you kind of just trying to, you know, enjoy the moment and be like, hey, man, I, the persistence paid off? I just got to not have a chip on my shoulder, man. Uh, I think I fought a long, long time with a chip on my shoulder. And unfortunately, it makes you do dumb shit, take, uh, make dumb decisions in the fight. So at this point, I'm just trying to enjoy the fact that I'm here. And uh, I've got more experience than most. I might as well just put the good use. That chip, uh, it, it does suck. But at the same time, it's giving me uh, an advantage, I feel like, against most people. That It took me a long time to get here. I've had a lot of fights. I've had uh, a lot of things go my way. I have a lot of things not go my way. So... I got here late, but at least I got here experienced. Nice. Uh, April, we were supposed to see you then. We didn't get a chance. I guess, can you lay out what, what all happened there? Oh, yeah. My, <laughs> was it like two weeks out, three weeks out? One of my last sparring days. Uh, not doing anything weird. Like, I threw a body shot, and my uh, sparring partner, Greg, happened to throw a kick. And he just shattered my wrist like kindling. Yeah, man, he fractured it in two places. So uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, it'll be good to fight, right? And the doctor's like, no, it's not going to be good to fight. And we were trying to convince him that it'd be okay. Like, you know, it'll be fine. And he's like, that, that's not how bones work. So it's very unfortunate. Uh, still, so a pretty quick turnaround then. So, I mean, are, are there any lasting – like, what did you – you have to put it in a cast, or I mean, how did it go? Uh, there were two, like two four millimeter fractures, but they weren't really that bad. Like, it's, I mean, it's they didn't break, it didn't need a surgery or anything. So, they're just like, yeah, you know, stay off of it. Which, you know, like, don't train for a few weeks, it'll be fine. So, naturally, I train the next day and I never stopped training. So, uh, it's been a little achy, but it's finally to a point now where it's good. Like, I can uh, throw punches. Uh, I had a few weeks to where like, it was just kind of useless. So I'm boxing one-handed. I'm wrestling one-handed, doing jiu-jitsu one-handed. But it's finally to the point now where it's good and uh, it feels good enough to hit people with. So let's go. Nice. Talk about uh, prepping for a specialist like Adolfo, right? I mean, no, it's not like there's any secret what his game plan is or what his skill set is. So wh what's it like preparing for a guy like that? Uh, this, I've reached a point in my career now where I fought a lot of different people, a lot of different things, and I kind of realized that – Whenever I prepare for somebody specifically, I tend to fail miserably. Uh, <laughs> my uh, jaunt in PFL taught me the, uh, the pitfalls of preparing for something that may or may not happen or someone may be different. So really, instead of worrying about like, you know, how great he is on the ground, we accept, I accept right away. I'm never going to beat Rodolfo Vieira on the ground. I get a hold off of Vieira. 
I can maybe I can get the like a weird fluffy submission, but I'm not gonna bank on that. Like I'm not gonna out grapple him. So my camp has been really close to being the same thing, man. Uh, every fight camp, it's a uh, Polishing my hands, polishing my stand up, and you know, improving my wrestling every time. Uh, I got what one submission loss in 30 something fights. I'm not known as a grappler, but I'm not really a grappler, but I'm a damn good counter, uh, counter grappler. You know, I can protect myself, and not many people be able to choke me. So, uh, you know, we bank on that. We tune that up a little bit, but it's the same camp as everything like, you know, work on your punching, work on your wrestling. I think, uh, like I said, I'm never going to just be a better grappler than the guy whose nickname is the Black Belt Hunter. So uh, it comes down to who's the better wrestler. Do you think that comes from your fighting experience or, or just your humbleness as a guy? Because here's what. A lot of guys in your position, they'll, they'll be like, hey, man, you know, my jiu-jitsu is pretty good too. You know? Fuck no. Like, it's, <laughs> like, you know, like there's, there's no way. They're going to be like, people are like, oh, you think you can grapple him? I'm like, no. His nickname is the Black Belt. Like, why would I even – like, why would that ever be part of a game plan? I love the internet thinks I'm stupid, too. They're like, I always get, like, messages on Twitter, like, hey, man, just don't go to the ground with him. I'm like, I never would have considered this to be, like, my path to victory. Thank you, wise sir. <laughs> like, no, like, come on. I'm, I'm a, what is it, I got, like, 36 fights, 34 fights, something like that. Like, I've been doing this a long time. I'm very self-aware of where, uh, where I am good at, where I'm bad at, and, like, you know, where I can hold my own. At no point in time is, like, prolonged grappling exchange is going to be part of my plan here. It's just not a thing. Like, no. So when people hit you up with advice like that, do you hit them back? Like, have you thought about coaching full time? I'm always like, that's <laughs> fucking sage advice, bro. Like, I, I went into this, like, okay, I'm over here, like, doing, uh, like, guard passing stuff. And I'm working on my ex-guard. You're like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't grapple. Like, yeah, like, fuck am I doing? All right, win here, man. You know, you keep the streak going. Do you have goals in terms of, like, names or what you expect or what you want, or is it still just kind of that settling in time in your UFC career? Assuming all goes well and I don't get strangled in this fight, there's, like, names I do want. But everybody's like, oh, who are you chawing out, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, man, I'm 34. It took me a long time to get here. I'll be 35 next month, actually. Like, I'm getting old. So I can either try to go up the ladder and whatever. If they offer me new contracts, I'll fight anybody. I don't care. Like, you know, there's very few people I won't fight. And those are more so people I train with every day. But they offer me a new contract, I'll fight anyone, anywhere if their money's right. If the money's not great or a new contract, I'm trying to go backwards. Like, I want to go beat up Joseph Holmes still. Like, nothing, he didn't do anything wrong to me, but he beat my teammate. So, like, I'm on my revengeance tour. I want to fight Joseph Holmes. I want to fight Dusko because he beat my teammate. Uh... I want to beat up Brian Battle. Nothing personal to Brian Battle. He's, everybody says he's a really nice guy, and I can respect that. But I feel like I got snubbed for Ultimate Fighter for, like, the third time in a row. So I just want to prove that I should have been the Ultimate Fighter. And, like, so he's going to see this and be like, what the hell did I do to you? It's nothing at all, man. It's not you. I just, like, I have a weird chip on my other shoulder about being snubbed for shit. So I want to fight contender winners. I just want to go ace, a, like, a big list of contender guys to show that I should have been signed. Like, I am petty as hell. Like, my other nickname is King Petty, and, like, this is the, the shit I think about at night. Last thing for me, as you said, it's no surprise. It's going to be your striking against his jiu-jitsu, right? So knowing that, what type of fight do you think we see? Like, is this a little bit more, maybe a little bit more tactical, a little bit more moderately paced because you have to be careful the grappling exchanges? Or do you still go out there and, and be the guy that you are, the exciting fighter that you are? I have to go out there and be me, man. Like, I, once again, PFL taught me a valuable lesson in trying to fight a way that's not conducive to the way I, you know, I think and the way I feel and react. And you could have a smart fight, which is fine, but at the end of the day, 
if I'm just sitting there waiting, not wanting to engage, he's probably just going to run me over anyway. So I just got to go out there, trust my wrestling, uh, trust the work we put in, and just take it to him. Like, that's the way I win this fight is I can't hang back and just let him, you know, rest. I got to go out there, put it on him, take it to him. So, you know, I'm either going to win spectacularly or I'm going to fail spectacularly. But either way, you know, I'm going to go out there doing it as me. Hey, Chris. Uh, with a new contract, are you going to do Chris King Petty Curtis? I mean, new nickname? No, it's anyone that knows me just knows that I am King Petty, man. It's one of my myriad of nicknames where I spend way too much time thinking about useless petty shit. And they're just like, why do you even think about this? I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I blame my mom. Like, my mom's a really petty woman as well. So that's who I got it from. Oh, she, my mom's Queen Petty. Actually, she's Empress Petty, as I call her. Like, yeah, she knows it too. So I inherited it from my mom. I'm just, I'm just this way. I don't know. What's up with everybody dissing Nickelback? Bro, Nickelback did nothing wrong. And I don't care who you are. Like, like oh, they, they suck. Like, sure, a lot of bands suck, okay? Like, they get far more hate than anyone because it's cool. And I figured it out. You know why everybody hates Nickelback? Because there was a time when people my age, maybe a little bit older, were going through some shit in high school. Your girl dumped you. Your parents didn't understand you. Nickelback was there for you. And you don't want to be reminded of that person you were when you were at your lowest. That's where the hate comes from. It's totally understandable. Um, a couple weeks ago, you said that you weren't you. You told me that you weren't living paycheck to paycheck anymore, man. And uh, I just wanted you kind of to expand on that. Like, like, how does that feel? <laughs> uh, so I've been a pro for what thirteen years. Somebody told me today, which is weird to think about. So I've been a pro for thirteen years, which means I've been living paycheck to paycheck or less than paycheck to paycheck for about fifteen years now. Uh, before this. And that sucked, man, especially when you have, like, a kid and everything. You're trying to, like, start a family. And it's, just, it's, it's, it's a stressful situation to know that, you know, you can't be the one to be counted on to provide things. You go out there and you bust your ass. You win fights. You know, you make 2000 bucks and it gets eaten by bills before you even get home. So now I'm the first time in my life, like, I don't have to check my bank account every day. Like, I know that if my son needs anything, it's fine. If my son wants anything, it's fine. Like, he's, he abuses this more than I do. Like, I live pretty poor. I don't really want anything. So my son abuses the hell out of it. He's like, so, Dad, I miss you. I'm like, what do you want? He's like, all right, I want, uh, this game came out. Like, I'm like, okay, fine. But he, he abuses it more than I do. But it's nice being able to know that my bills are paid. I'm not going to mysterious, like, worry about being homeless and that, you know, my people and my family and my people I love can, like, rely on me finally for, to put my part in. So it's a long time coming, man. There's a, I think the biggest thing is for me, there's a lot of people who aren't in my life anymore who were, that were there for, uh, during the come up that aren't there for whatever reason. Sometimes it's their fault. A lot of times it's my fault that uh, I don't get to pay back. There's a lot of people who will never speak to me again for various reasons. It's probably my fault that I'll never get the payback and show my gratitude. So that sucks, but it's nice to know that in this position, if for every reason they ever reached out to me, I'd be able to be there for them. And is that like even more of a chip on your shoulder? Like you could have been here during your contender series fight, like right? Like so, like you had to spend that that much time grinding on the regional scene. So like, is that even more of a chip on your shoulder? You would think yes, but at the same time, like the more I thought, I thought about this a lot actually. It's something like it's crossed my mind a whole lot. You think about it, and had I been signed after contenders, I don't know where I'd be right now because from 
post contenders, I went through a lot of stuff. A lot of things happened in my personal life. A lot of things happened in my professional life. Had uh, some really high moments fighting, and this is my only like losing streak to date. And that was a low, low moment. But I think from all of that, I've grown, I've learned, I've become a better fighter, become a better athlete, just a person. And I don't know, man. Maybe I would have got signed and fucking got stomped out immediately. Like, who knows, man? Like, so I tried to think about it. Like, it's uh, one of those things that just keep me up at night. But now I'm, I just convinced myself I would have been signed. And then they'll be like, hey, by the way, go fight young, up and coming Kamaru Usman. And then I got my ass kicked. So maybe it worked out for the best. I have to believe that. And then finally for me, um, fantastic beard. When are we going to start talking about Chris Curtis having the best beard in the UFC? So. I I need I need to like actually like comb this out because I just got it trimmed up. But if you guys can see it, it's literally like I mean another two inches of beard length here. So I need to straighten it out for the fight because I'll give it. Julian Marquez has a beautiful beard and I hate him for it. Absolutely hate him for it. He knows that like I have beard envy. So I need to like show up on fight night with just this beautiful combed out beard, like gloss, like just glistening, because I absolutely hate Julian Marquez for his beard. That dude has a beautiful beard, like it's manicured, it's very uh like he's got like moisturizers in it. I'm like, oh you motherfucker. Like <laughs> thanks, Chris. That's King Petty right there. I I I I can't I'm just, I don't know why I'm this way. I really don't. I wish I did. Sign, the MMA Roasted needs a or uh, Adam. What is that MMA Roasted? Yeah, Adam Hunter. He needs to keep an eye on this cat for one of those uh, oh, Chris comedy Curtis shows. Would be great for one of the comedy his, shows. His comedic timing is really good. It's he really had good. me rolling. Like I mean, like I was tired and grumpy as as uh, Hot Tea was pointing out, and he had me rolling in my seat. It was man. good. Oh man, he was, was funny. Good. And dude, and I just love the honesty too. Of like, yeah. bro, I'm not, I'm not gonna go uh, do grappling with Adolfo Vieira. Like, what are you talking about? Because we have up. heard so many people oh, that are just like, no, nah, I mean, look, he's great at jujitsu, but my, hey, you know who I roll with, man? I roll with black belts too. Like, he doesn't, you know. There's so many guys that have said that, yep. not just against you know Adolfo Vieira, but against those like BJJ specials. Got a big sip of the Duke on now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid. It's your birthday. Uh, so anyway, I just had to share that because I thought that was a lot of fun. Look, the He's rest so of this funny. card, it's great. a hardcore card, but there's some names on here you'll recognize. Carlos Olberg versus Tafan Chukwi. Shaylin Nerdimbieke versus TJ Brown. That might be the one where most people don't, but you, you should. But Olberg look at the and the way you just said that last name like Come it was on, crazy. Is that how you on. say it? Yeah. Uh, Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Well done. <laughs> uh, Holly Paiva versus Sergey Morozov. That's, another that's good one. a great fight. JP Bays is back versus Cody Durden. Brian Kelleher versus Mario Batista. And then the fight that Cole Coffey will certainly be paying attention yeah. to early in the day. Yes, Vanessa Demavlis versus Jen Frey. So a fun UFC card. Now, let me just say, not the only card to pay attention to this weekend. And oh, by the way, uh, Bellator 282 is looking pretty dang solid, man. Uh, you take a look at this card. I mean, the matchups kind of uh, jump off the page. Gegard Mousasi in the main event versus uh, Johnny Eblen, who's kind of been tearing up the ranks and yeah. making his way up there. Uh, Danny Sabatello, who quickly has become one of the biggest trash talkers in the game uh, against Leandro Higo. I think people either love Danny Sabatello or they hate him. Uh, the, the dude <laughs> likes to talk. But, he does. But that's, I mean, there's a lot of action, and that thing has gotten personal. Enrique Barzola versus Magomed Magomedov. That's one of the best fights of the week. 
weekend, to be honest with you. Uh, Brennan Ward is back. Uh, Anatoly Tokov is back. I mean, you go down there. I mean, you just load up. The Katzengano's back versus Pam Sorensen. I mean, there, there's names all up and down Alejandro this card. Lara, this is – I'm telling you, this might be uh, – That's you know, a good card. I hate saying, you know, That's a best card. card or whatever. No, I just I just hate saying, like, where does this rank? Where, oh, well, I see. I was trying to – dude, I'm so impressed with this card. I think this is one of the best cards Bellator's ever put together. That's what I was going to say. I thought I thought where I thought you were going was saying, like, you were thinking this was the best card of the weekend. Like, this card is stacked. That's a really, really good card. And if you had to go down the line, I can see where somebody would maybe lean towards this one. Yep. Um, you could, yeah. Dude, you could definitely make the argument that this is a better this card is a than better the card. Now, sure. I'm saying it'd be an argument because I'm not saying it is. Yeah. But this, I mean, look, this is. This card's good. This is good. Lucas Brennan is on there. Aaron yeah. Jeffries on there against Fabio Aguiar. Mandel Nalo is back. I mean. Yep. It's really good. Right, is right on from there the against Shabley. Like, so, it's a really good Bellator card. It is. I mean, people give a lot of shit to Bellator sometimes with the way they put some cards. But, man. This past year, they've been fucking killing it, man. They've been killing it. Not every card might not be, like, stellar or whatever, but every card. I mean, look at the fucking UFC card. Not every card can be stellar top to bottom, but there's going to be some gems, and there's going to be a lot of ones that are going to surprise you. So I think from both of these events, yes, it doesn't have the glitz and the glam of, like, a, a numbered pay-per-view or something, but I guarantee both events are going to deliver. I mean, I, Well, the good news the, is you can watch both of them because yeah. Bellator is on Friday night. Uh, UFC is on Saturday night, so you can watch both of these cards. And I'm they telling do you, that more often. This is I know I hate when they're I, I hate when they're. They, I get it, I get it. They don't want to be like, well, why are we going to play second fiddle and plus two? A lot of times, just it's just pure venue availability. As yep. much as I mean, I think it's smart that they try to not compete, but also they're also going to say, well, you know, we're just as big in our minds. We're going to do this, but sometimes it, just, it does come down to the venue. Well, you know? true, and then the other variable as well is don't forget, like, they just – at some point they just got to plan their schedule, and they can't be worried about, yeah. well, what's their schedule? Well, hold on, we can't do our schedule until they have their schedule. It's like, yeah. dude, you just got to plan your schedule and just – Makes hope. a lot of sense like that, especially looking forward. Like, if you know that there's a possibility you might comp be competing. But even on Saturday, Saturday's – I mean, what better – that's the biggest entertainment day anywhere you're gonna you're up competing against concerts you're competing against whatever you know and if they want to know that they want to go to a town there might be the possibility of something going on. i mean granted at this point mohegan's son should just name it the the bellator son of regan <laughs> arena should, right? or something in fact just name uncasville bellatorville you know just name the damn town after them i mean they're bringing so much money and so much entertainment they there. set up shop they should there. just redo it they should just redo it so um no it's great man great cards and i'm loving this friday because this so this will be one of those weekends where mma people are gonna love the fact that they they have day after day of fights mm -hmm. to watch it this is also the day where you have friends like me that are casual that don't understand what i'm watching for two days in a row they think i'm just watching dudes sniffing other dudes crotches wow i like a good crotch smell <laughs> <laughs> well listen i will that's not that's the duke started the duke is setting in early today <laughs> i like it well listen i will not be out there covering bellator 282 of course because i'll be here but i did get a chance to speak to Gegard Musasi, and i wanted to share that as well because <laughs> why why go if you get the main headliner you know i mean just let me just swing my dick around and get this right now let me just swing my dick around well, and get what i need the, the fine people of bellator were nice enough to set me up with an interview with Gegard Musasi, and i just i i love Gegard's attitude because i feel like 
you know, a, a long time. I mean, he is a pretty quiet guy, but I feel like he when used he, to like when not he first like came talking on the scene, to us. Yeah, when he first came on the scene, he was like pulling teeth. Yes. He was so quiet. The gay guard that is now, that exists, killed off the other one. And it's like a total, we got the alternate reality guy that somehow slipped through a crack in reality or in the universe and came down, killed the quiet one. I love it. And, and now and it's Now this he's guy. got this like ridiculous dry sense oh, of humor. He's, he's, he's outrageous. I love outrageous. it. So <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very subtle. You know, it's not like he's a, he's not quite Chris Curtis in his delivery. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's a different kind of delivery. <laughs> he's got that same thing. So uh, I definitely want to share it because I, I, I enjoyed talking to, uh, to Gegard. So here's, uh, here's Gegard Musasi. So Gegard Musasi, it's crazy, man. 19 years as a professional at this point. I mean, nearing 20 years and fighting better than ever, maybe at any point in your career, man. What's what's the key, you think, to your success right now? Money. They they pay me so I show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still yeah. going, you know. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel, um, of course, body is not the same as it used to be. Uh, more, It hurts more. Uh Stuff in here and there, but uh, uh, I'm winning. I'm winning my fights, uh, so it's still going good. So that's why I continue. I love it. You know, you talk about your career this long. Ha has it been a passion the whole time, or have you had like ups and downs in terms of you know being in love with the sport? No, <laughs> 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 I hate when people say you know I don't love it. I hundred said a hundred times. Uh, if I had like 50 million in the bank, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I'm not crazy. So, yeah, it's uh, it's still better than a normal job. So, uh, it pays the bills and uh, I can care, take care of my family. Passion and what passion? I'm dieting, I'm rolling with sweaty men every day. <laughs> my body hurts, I don't sleep well when I'm uh, when I'm training. Uh, pressure you name it i don't know uh, there's not much enjoyment the process is not but the results yeah if the results are good then uh, it's uh, fulfilling yeah oh, and when we talk about results are we talking about the victory and getting the hand in the air or are we just talking about the paycheck that comes along <laughs> nah, well no it's, it's uh, you know then everything uh, comes together you know it's uh uh the people around you that uh, work with you uh, uh you know uh, the celebration after the fight you know those things come uh, you know it's all it's it's all in the package and um so yeah the, those things are nice yeah <laughs> very, very nice i like the fact too gegard that right now you're, you're saying hey I think I'm the best middleweight in the world. You know, you haven't always been a big talker, but now you're saying, hey, look, I, I just think I'm that good. I'm just being honest. So what clicked yeah. that you finally said, look, I got to go out there and say these things. I got to talk about myself a little bit. Well, I, I never felt it. I never felt like, oh, I'm, I'm the best uh, or anything like that. Uh, but at this stage of my career, I feel uh, everything has come together. And... Uh, I feel that, you know, I think, uh, in the, I mean, the top three, four in the, of the middleweights, unfortunately, I, I can fight Whitaker or uh, Israel Adesanya. So there's no way for me to achieve the number one spot. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I'm doing my thing here. You know, I, I really don't, I'm not gunning for the number one spot.
but people are like uh, yeah if, if you say it they repeat it so now <laughs> they consider me as one of the best at least they consider me as one of the best because at middleweights i think i've achieved enough you know I, i've done a lot uh, if you look at the whole record of me uh, throughout all these years you know i should be there as uh, one of the best middleweights you know at least top I, 20 top 10 at least uh, i feel yeah, I agree. I, I think top people 10. don't respect. <laughs> top, yeah, yeah. Don't say top twenty. That's terrible, man. Top ten for sure. Yeah, well, I, think, I think I, I think the longevity is what people don't respect sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there's moments. Yeah. You know, somebody puts together one great year, two great yeah. years. That's impressive to see. Yeah. But when somebody does it for yeah. ten years, fifteen years, that deserves yeah. respect. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of guys. Uh, they look phenomenal. Again, let's say Junior De Santos. He looked. In the beginning, unbeatable, and then, and then it was lose, win, lose, win. You know, you have a lot of those guys that they have a certain time that when they look very great, unbeatable, and then after that, it's they look uh, normal. You know what I mean? So it's. Right. But I've been on the top since I was 20, almost. So, you know, I fought in Pride, so uh, I'm still going, and I'm still on top. So I, I, that's that's my. Um, my big achievement, let's say. I haven't been uh, that I didn't have the Anders Silva, let's say, um, the invincibility era where he looked he, that you couldn't be stopped. But my longevity, that's my thing, you know? Yeah, it's incredible. And to think that you're still just 36, which is crazy. Have you thought about how long you want to keep doing this? I mean, knowing that you don't love it that it's not your passion that it's just a job <laughs> have you thought about how long you want to keep putting yourself through this well i think uh this fight and end of the year and i'm gonna look after that because uh, i don't know you know making plans i don't even look after this if i'm gonna go to lighter weight or whatever i don't look at it i'm looking at this fight end of the year and i'm gonna look at it because the uh, my real estate thing is also going well. I see the banks, what the thing is going to work out with the banks. So I could, uh, you know, I could retire. But uh, I don't know. If I keep winning, if I keep dominating easily, uh, you know, it's difficult to stop. But if I keep losing injuries, you know, it's game over. Are there things that you want to do outside of MMA? Like, you know, we see... We see MVP going to do bare-knuckle boxing. We see boxing. I know you've talked about that at times. Is, do you want to do some of that, or does it matter to you? I would love to do one boxing fight. But, you know, this, the, the opportunity doesn't show itself. I'm not going to do bare-knuckle fight. And those guys get cut, and my hands already hurt my wrist. And my uh, So it's... Uh, I wouldn't do that, but uh, I would love to do boxing, but it just the opportunity doesn't re uh, represent itself, uh, present itself. Uh, so I just uh, do what the this MMA fights <laughs> makes sense. Well, well, another MMA fight coming up on uh, June 24th against Johnny Evelyn, undefeated. Uh, talk to me about your thoughts. I mean, this guy's been kind of tearing through the division to make his way to you. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, to be honest, you know, uh, there's a lot of things I haven't seen from him. But he's not. He doesn't present something new. I haven't seen. You know, he's more. His stand up is not wow or uh, his cardio or his ground a pound or his jiu jitsu. I, it's not nothing that I have to say. Wow. Oh shit. You know. But 
you never know. He's undefeated. I haven't seen him in bad positions. You know, it doesn't matter. Maybe he's very tough. Uh, maybe he can get uh, take a lot of punishment. I don't know. Uh, but if you if you clip someone, uh, you knock him out. It doesn't matter if they're tough, if they have, uh, if they're durable. It does that. Those things don't matter. So the thing is now, I, I'll go into the fight. I'm gonna go for the finish uh, with that mentality. I, I gave it all, you know. And uh, whoever wins, wins. Uh, you know. You know. I do care. I'm going for the win, but, uh, you know, I, I have lost before. I know how, uh, you know, things can happen. This fight, but uh, I feel very confident. And uh, so, on, on one hand, I'm not worried. On the other hand, you know, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it's, but it's the truth, right? So, at this point in your career, like you said, I mean, you've seen everything. It's, it's not like he brings anything yeah. to the table that you haven't seen. So, in training, do you bother like having guys trying to mimic a person or look exactly like them, or does that even matter to you at this point? Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I, usually, I don't bring uh, different guys. I train with the same guys. You know, um, uh, with wrestling, I train with one good friend. Uh, getting up, I train with another one. Uh, the stand-up I do with everybody. Um, the last two opponents were also the same wrestlers. Take you down, ground and pound. Uh, I've been training for him for almost one year. Same style, you know. Try to take you down. So for me, it's getting up, getting up, take down defense, and um, stand up. Uh, uh, it could, but I, I don't know, uh, you know. That's my uh, area. So, uh, yeah, nothing new. No, same as usual. Yeah. All, all He's got a lot of finishes. They're all in the first round. Do you... View him as do you view that first round as dangerous? Like you got to kind of weather that storm a little bit, or 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 no? I'm I'm sensing no as I look at your face. <laughs> I don't see him as a big puncher, to be honest. But you know, if you clip someone on the right spot, if you don't see the punch coming, you know, you're gonna go down. It's small gloves, but uh, what I've seen, he's not that of a big puncher. It's he's no yeah. But uh, it's a small glove. You have to respect uh, that anything can happen. So, uh, uh, but uh, I don't know. We, we see. We see. I think I'm a much bigger puncher than him. I hit harder than him. Uh, so, I think that's my advantage over him in that uh, department. Victorious here. You said one more at the end of the year. You're not thinking about it yet, but. I mean, have you thought about any conditions like you'd like it at 205s, as you talked about, or you'd like it to be in Europe, or you'd like me? Is there anything about it, or you just know you want to fight one more time before the end of the year? Well, they said three fights this year. Uh, I thought Euro Mero is a candidate, but he's fighting Melvin Manhoff September. Uh, Corey Anderson uh, versus uh, uh, Tokov. Tokov? Well, mm -hmm. I don't know. What Nimkov. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, I like heavyweight, you know, but they're having their uh, rematch, so I don't know who they're gonna give me. To be honest, I don't even think about it because uh, my focus is now on him, and then I don't know. You, you don't, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow I get a car accident, I die. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, why should I worry about what's next after this fight? So I'm looking don't at this guy, that. and uh, and after that, we'll see. We'll see. I, you know, I, I, but I would love to do boxing. You know, let's see uh, to see uh, if it's possible. But 
even boxing, I don't know who I would fight. You know, these guys, uh, Jake Paul, or the, everyone wants to fight them. That's not going to happen. You had Anderson Silva, which I wanted, but doesn't look that's going to happen anytime soon also. We'll see. I'd love that. You and Anderson would be a great fight, right? I mean, two legendary yeah. MMA names of boxing. I think that'd be a phenomenal fight. Yeah, I think uh, I think so. He, he does well in boxing. It looks He's good. He's done really well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's not like I'm. Ch it's an uh, old man I'm fighting. Uh, you know, it looks good in boxing. So uh, something uh, to think about. Yeah. Well, you laid out the scenario, right? Like all the names in Bellator seem to be kind of tied up right now. So it's yeah. not like you're saying mm -hmm. I don't want to fight Bellator, but it's got to be a fight that makes sense. So maybe that's the one yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know. It's just my uh, my name is not that. That I can have demands. I just have to sit and say yes. So, who knows? We'll see. After this, uh, maybe light heavyweight. Maybe then I can push for some certain things. I love it. What's what's the real estate that you're doing, Gigard? Are you investing in properties? Are you out there as a, as a broker? No, we're still. Yeah, we buy anything we can uh, if it's uh, profitable. Um, but uh, the loans uh, have come to an end, so I refinance. So uh, I think I'm going to do well after this year. No, you know, uh, yeah, I'm not a big spender. For me, it's more than enough. Me and my family can live. So after this year, I really can stop. I can't stop even now, but, uh, you know, I still want to do fun stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, a little extra yeah. money in the bank as long as you're winning doesn't hurt, right? No, no, definitely, definitely, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Gegard, I appreciate the time as always. We don't know what the future holds, but I guess let's talk about June 24th. Final question, what do you see? Is this a fight that, that gets done quickly? You know, I mean, you've been tearing things up lately. Is this another one that you go get it done quickly, or do you think this uh, undefeated kid is going to push you a little bit? I don't know. I don't know. Fandaford uh, looked confident also, but, you know, it's, it's as I hit him, I think uh, let's see what he's made of. Uh, he could he could give me troubles, but I don't think so. I don't think so <laughs> because uh, I do the things that I do now in training. People cannot hang uh, hang in there with me and uh, training with wrestlers, heavyweight heavyweights. Uh, I'm training every day with heavyweights. I can hang with heavyweights. I can hang with this guy. But we'll see. I what? think uh, two rounds. Two rounds. There we go. <laughs> now we're talking. Much respect. Yeah. All right, Gegard, always a pleasure catching up with you, man, and uh, best of luck, and we'll see what the uh, end of the year holds after that. Yes. More money. That's what I was going to do. All right, so it's Gegard Musasi. Uh, hyped up in his own special way this fight. He's got his own little subtle trash talk there. I don't I, I don't believe he's almost done, Cole Coffey. What do you think? He's just, it's, it's, that's some contract posturing, right? He's, uh, there's no way. Maybe. A couple more. You think so? You think? I mean, I think before he had that resurgent, I f resurgence, I feel like he was on the, the precipice of maybe walking away. Right. And, I mean, then, you know, Shifts organizations, you know, has some ups, has some downs, or whatever. I'm, I'm actually not surprised, but for him to do so well, not be so long removed from the belt, I would think that, yeah, I mean, 
it's probably posturing, but how old is he now? He's not the youngest guy. I'm no, but he's up right still now. relatively young. Relatively young. Oh, he's 36. I mean, that's that's with. I mean, I guess he's not a heavyweight. Yeah, I Yeah, I guess. 36 with 58 fights. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's a lot of wear and tear, man. Yeah. That's a lot of wear and tear. The fact that he's still doing it is a credit to his work, his genetics, and his work ethic. So, I mean, it's it's it could be maybe a little bit of both. It could be a little bit of both because. Uh, to say, you know, when we talk about guys that are like, oh, I'm going to give another go. I want to go a little bit longer. This is that point. You know, if he's fighting in two years from now, I would I would probably be surprised. I would agree with that. Two years from now, yeah. But he's, he's saying maybe the end of this year. Maybe. It's possible. It's possible. And the end of the year comes up pretty quick, especially when all these cats, you know, start saying like, well, I'm just going to take two fights or whatever. Yeah. We're already into June. June's almost done. And there's not there's only five, five months left in the – or I guess six. I can't count. Well, anymore. by the time you fight, yeah, I mean, you're, you're there. Yeah. All right, so here's what it will go up against, and that is PFL. This is the uh, second week of the second half of their season. Uh, essentially, PFL 5 2022. You've got the featherweights and the so heavyweights weird. in action, plus Anthony Pettis in lightweight action yeah. um, against D.B. Ray. Now, it's interesting because here's what's interesting is that Anthony Pettis has already clinched his spot, so he's in. Um, but Stevie Ray could earn his way in, so you wonder if maybe you know will Pays the fact that to the side and says, "Hey, can you can you just drop uh, down, uh, bro?" I'm, I'm not about <laughs> yeah, I'm not about to throw my conspiracy theories out again for <laughs> PFL, but uh, yeah, but it's just interesting. Like, how will that affect things? Like, does you know does Anthony Pettis kind of cruise a little bit, knowing that it doesn't matter? Whereas Stevie Ray, I mean, Stevie Ray would still need a finish early on, which I, I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen. But if he could get a second round finish or a first round finish. Uh, he would uh, oust Hausman Fio from the playoffs, and he would sneak in. So um, there is at least a possibility that if it was a third round finish, then it's going to come down to some tiebreakers. So, yeah. uh, but a first or a second round finish for Stevie Ray, uh, and he can he can get himself into the playoffs. I mean, Stevie's a stud, but I mean, like, it's a tough out. Even like we said, like even if somebody wanted to do somebody a favor and take it easy on him, they still don't want an L on the record, right? You know, it's not. He's like, bro, I I feel for you. I feel for you. Uh, if anything, you're gonna get lucky and get a decision on me. You know, you're not gonna knock me out, and I'm gonna not let that happen. But nobody wants to take an L on their record, and especially Anthony. I mean, I think people have had a lot of questions of where he was and where he's still fitting things. You know, I think he probably wants to be dominant as well. But knowing that, especially their their format and this sort of tournament format, you have to be able to keep something in the tank. You know, so I think he probably gives as much as he needs to to secure a victory. But what's the what's the incentive to go out and go ballsy crazy uh, every round 100%, you know, trying to go for that knockout unless you're just – unless you feel that dominant, um, you know, maybe this is one of those fights where it's like, bro, just fight to win because you know you're going to need it in time in your next fight. You already know how the fights are sort of laying out. Just win, you know, as, you know, easy as you can. That's not going to be easy with a guy like Stevie Ray. But you got to save something to tank, and that and that's what's kind of unique about this format, as opposed to others that are like, man, I want to win, I want to get to the title, you know, I want to go, whatever, whatever, you know, you're fighting to try to make an impression. You're already in. He's already in. Yep. He already knows he's on that's to it. the next level. So that kind of changes what you have to bring to a fight, and maybe that's kind of good. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. If you know that, hey, bro, you just need to get a win. 
and you're moving on to the, you're already on to the next step, you know, save your body for the long game. You know what your next sort of steps are. Whereas if you don't know what's going on, you're already, you don't know that you made it onto the next level. You're going to give 110%. You might blow out, you might blow your load quick. And then, you know, so I don't know. There's definitely some more gamesmanship in this sort of format than something where, it's a popularity game. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is kind no, of what the UFC I do, is. I do, I look, I love the PFL format. I really yeah. do, man. The season format. It's I, pretty cool. I like it a lot, man. And it's because of that. You can see exactly, you know, what goes on. So, uh, yeah. I did. All right. So, listen. That's going on. Uh, and then on top of that, you got BKFC on Friday night as well. So, I mean, Friday night is insane. You're going to need, like, three screens of action. Uh, the main event is uh, Luis Palomino versus Elvin Brito. But... You got Jimmy Rivera on there making his BKFC That's debut. Sick. That's a name you want to tune in for. Yeah. You got Beck Rollins against uh, Britton Beltran, Britton Hart Beltran. <laughs> Rematch there. I know you love Beck Rollins. Yes, I We've do. had some good times with her over the years. She's always fun. Uh, Britton Beltran, by the way, if you want to see an interview with Britton Beltran, I interviewed her early last week, and she was talking about this fight. She had to pull out of this early. I had to reschedule this. Um, and, and just to put it bluntly, man, it, it was deemed a medical emergency, and I was like, hey – don't don't feel like you have to get into this if you don't want to. I mean, medical emergency is pretty vague, but if it's private, yeah. feel free to keep it private. Exactly. And she was like, "No, I'll talk about it." I had a miscarriage and oh, and, and went to share everything. And then not only the difficulty of a miscarriage, which of course is devastating for for any woman, you know, it's it's you know, it's, it's start trying to start a family. Um, but then it happened um, right before her husband's uh, Joey Beltran's last fight, in which he got knocked out. And so she feels like this added degree of guilt because she thinks that like she messed with his head before the oh, fight, good and that, that yeah. That's and I'm like, tough. I, I li- that's it was, a lot of baggage you don't want to take into a fight. It was funny because you're in an interview, and I'm literally trying, you know, you're not you're trying not to get too involved in an interview, but I was just ah. like, look, personally, I hope you can release yourself of that. Like that's not your fault, you know what I mean? Like you can't feel guilt because of that. So. Um, but Damn. it's so there's a lot going on that's there for her. If you want to check that out uh, over that's on the. Uh, the that's MMA deep, Underground man. YouTube that's channel. deep, man. I mean, like, they already go in with enough possible self-doubt or whatever. The last thing, I mean, that's, like, crazy real-life shit. That's I the know. kind of shit that just can cripple you outside, like, I mean, any occupation. But let alone go in there one where uh, you're fighting for your, you know, you're fighting, literally, well, I want to say fighting for your life, but you're not actually fighting yeah. for your life, but... Dude, uh, yeah, shit. It's tough. Shake and that it was, shit off. That ain't that ain't it, that ain't you. It was one of those things too. I was talking to her, and I was like, "Man, that, I, I think I'm, I'm glad that you're sharing this because I think it's one of those things where you um, need to be able to talk about it. You need to be able to talk about it for her to just release herself of that, but then also for people to understand, like." There's so much stuff that goes on in these people's lives yeah. that they come in and have a bad performance, and you look at it and you're like, "You suck," or "You're this," or "You're that." Why'd you miss weight? Yeah, and then like, like oh, uh, dude, bro, and these people that like message fighters and stuff and tell them yeah. about stuff. I mean, it's just bizarre. But I like, know nobody I, that listens to this show no, does that because they're no. obviously like, as we said before, the best looking. The kids are very, very smart. They're they're wise beyond their age. Nobody would do that stupid no. shit that listen to the show because that's class A number one stupid bullshit. Yep. Like you're just a piece of shit human being if you're gonna do something like that. Especially when you don't realize that they're going through stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, because you're... everybody's going through shit. That's why we. I mean, that's why. That's like it goes back to the whole. I mean, I'm not a religious person, but somebody's like you don't until you walk something in somebody's shoes, until you walk in their shoes, until you don't know their story. Don't assume that you know or that you know what that person's going with. Everybody has their own issues. Everybody has their own battles. 
you know, we, even though this sport is an entertainment and this sport is glamorized and we see so much of these fighters, we feel like we know them. You should never feel comfortable enough to ever talk about this sort of shit, especially something like this. I mean, Grant, it's one thing, you know, with even the weight. I mean, if you want to have displeasure, that's cool. Just fucking say it to yourself. Say it to your buddies. Don't at the fighter. Don't at the team. Don't whatever. Like, because you seem like a complete fucking douchebag. You don't know what's going on. I hate it, especially when somebody, like, comes at, you know, when some of the female, you know, they either hit their period or whatever. Somebody's like, why couldn't you make weight? The guy next to you is making weight. And it's like, just fucking die, dude. Like, you're fucking stupid, you know? I mean, but you're right. I mean, maybe that's a better message is that, I mean, there's always going to be people that will have um, issues or displeasures, but it's that step of taking it to the fighter. That's not your job to take it to the fighter. And why do you feel that you need to tag a fighter? Why do you need to whatever? If you, if you're upset about it, okay. And you just need to vent about it. Okay. Don't at the fighter. Don't at the team. Don't DM them. Don't DM them. And like, who does that? You, the, just because the platform allows you to have a form of communication, that form of communication and that connection is much tighter than you would ever have in real life. So don't take that for granted and don't think that that's your right to do that because this technology does it. Does it allow it? Yes. But does that make it right? No. Have some sort of common decency. You know, I could write the White House right now and tell Biden, hey, you need to do this, this, this. Should I? Probably not. Do I have the availability to do it? I do. Well, and truthfully, is Biden never going to see it if you write the White House general address? But these people's personal social uh, their personal medias, social, they're going to see it. It's so And shitty. I don't care who you are. It's, it bugs you. You know what I mean? It's shitty. Like, it bugs you. Come on, man. You're so, like, do you want somebody to be like, because now I want to troll your mom and be like, how did you have this kid? You don't want me to troll your mom because you're a dickhead. But I will. But I will. <laughs> All right, well, listen, it's a busy, busy week in combat sports. Just say, if you like what you listen to, do us a favor, will you? Make sure you're subscribed, first of all. If you're not subscribed, <laughs> not be after subscribed. that rant right no, there. No, <laughs> after that rant right there, be subscribed. Because we know if you're subscribing, you're not that douchebag. You're if, not that douchebag. If you're that douchebag, I'm going to tell you right now, unsubscribe. There it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Take your money because you're a dickhead. But if you like what you listen to, su- subscribe to wherever you're listening. We appreciate that. If you want to give us some rating, if you want to give us some reviews, we'd appreciate that. That helps us grow the it's podcast. It's been proven that if you subscribe, your kids get better SAT scores. I'm just saying the data's there. Uh, the, the, the numbers <laughs> are there. We can crunch the numbers and prove that their college entrance scores go much higher. Our analytics uh, team has the data. <laughs> they do. Our analytics do. team has the data. Don't make us reach out to them. Shout out to the Don't analytics team. Don't make me at them. They're working, they're working hard behind the scenes. We really want to appreciate them. Uh, and by the way, if you want to take your game to the next level, head on over to patreon.com slash the NBA Roadshow for as little as $3 a month. You can help support the squad. We really appreciate it. You get exclusive access to the and a half episodes where we wrap up every UFC episode. Cole Coffee been sitting in on a few of those as of late. I know. I'm surprised we didn't lose people after that. They're like, man, we just want Morgan. Just want to hear Morgan. Just want Morgan Morgan. on there. You can uh, can reach us uh, very much directly over there. Sometimes my social media gets a little bit uh, loaded down. Well, I'm going to say, if there's ever a benefit, like if you're part of the Patreon, you have access to a direct message line inside the program as your family. well. I mean, like we got you. your family, like you send a message, we're going to respond. If we don't get to it immediately, I mean, we get it pretty quick, but I mean, like we'll always get to it. And if we don't fucking, I'll, what's that thing that people do when they self-flatly, where they like whip themselves. We'll do that. I feel like flatulation is gas. It is. And I was like, <laughs> 
but whatever. We'll make ourselves feel bad if we missed it. But we we get to everything. I mean, you get a personal direct line. Flagellation would be the word. That's it. It still sounds so, like farting. I mean, we've we've definitely like we've <laughs> definitely been guilty of self-flagellation as well. <laughs> Is but, that well, whacking the, off? No. <laughs> Or, or so that's still the farting. That would still just be uh, farting okay. on yourself. Yeah, I fart a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And if you think we're idiots, go ahead and listen to us anyway. <laughs> we do the best we can. Uh, good to be here. Glad to be back in the good old U.S. of A. Yes, Had a great time over in Belgium, you. but uh, happy to be back. Did you have a big uh, honey do list when you got back? No, we just went and had dinner at P.F. Chang's and, uh, and 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 got some sleep. I did. I I will say that I was Fancy. awfully tired and I was trying to have some frosty beverages and watch TV because you know I mean gone. I wanted to catch up on some of the shows. You know, real. There's a new real sports out. I wanted to watch. Uh, I always watch this You're week. Such a sports nerd. And uh, and and uh, that's only like general sports thing. I watch, but, but still, the, you watch, all you do is sports and podcasts. Like I watch like podcasts, random yeah. weird sci-fi shit, like nonstop. No, I'm basically sports and podcasts. That's about it. And then, uh, but yeah, I was basically like falling asleep on the couch. She was like, "Will you just take your ass to bed?" And I was like, "Because <laughs> yeah. you started snoring." And I'm, and I'm super. I'm su- no. I was just like kind of struggling. Like I was doing like the trying to stay awake thing. And she's like, "Just take you your ass snoring. to bed. Just take your ass to bed." <laughs> uh, so, so I did. Uh, so that's I was trying awesome. to be responsible. All right. Oh, well, we're glad that you made it back because that's that's one of the things. Like you said, you never think about it. It's, All right. It's always fun to go elsewhere. It is fun to go but elsewhere, but you don't want to get, get stuck. It's glad to be back. Glad to be back. Uh, loaded weekend of MMA. Watch that. Um, I'm actually going to watch Bellator and PKFC and PFL on delay because I'm going to go to the Las Vegas Lights game on Friday night. So if anybody happens to be in Las Vegas and wants to go – Hang out. I'll be in the uh, pitch side pools, bro, with my feet chilling in the little kiddie pool. With the, first, the, with the other one percenters Yelling at town. the linesman. <laughs> I mean, I, the, I love going to my Las Vegas Lights game. I'm excited. I hope we get an MLS team here at some point, but they ain't going to have pitch side pools where I can that they soak my feet or on they the sidelines. they would side be a heck of a lot more expensive. Yes, they would be a lot more. <laughs> so I'll see you there. In the meantime, thanks for listening.